Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today, we are going to be meeting Dr. Van Gervogel from years gone by. He was born in 1811, and he died in 1877. He was an MD, um, a regular German physician who converted to homeopathy. He became the very first homeopath in Finland and was the president of the Central Union of Homeopathic Physicians in Germany. The reason I want to talk about him today is because years ago when I was reading James Compton Burnett, a very, very interesting doctor who, he actually wrote many little booklets on different subjects. And so that's where I started finding out about Thuya being the remedy to nullify the harmful effects of vaccinations. Anyway, long story short, Von Gravogel was the doctor who, because of his discoveries that we're going to talk about a little bit here, because of his discoveries on the homeopathic remedy net self, that was added to Compton Burnett's Thuya to help keep the liver detox pathways open to get out so that everything could get out of the body rather than being congested in the liver. So it's very, very interesting insight. So anyway, and I just, I thought I'm going to go ahead and talk about this doctor because he's not very well known. He didn't actually write a lot about what he did. He kept, he wrote many, many papers. He had proven many remedies and, but like I said, he didn't write much on his own. He actually did a lot of work with the, what we call the three constitutions. He described these three constitutions as endomorphic, mesomorphic, and ectomorphic. In other words, I call them and most of the world calls them hydrogenoid, oxygenoid, and carbonitrogenoid constitutions. And by that, he worked to discover what the main properties were, or the excess properties, elements, in the blood of humans. It was really a fascinating, fascinating work that he did. And even today, it still stands. And so... I don't know. I just thought, let's just go ahead and talk about this. I actually used some of his work in my speech. I was asked to, to speak at the Joint American Homeopathic Conference this year. And so I used this work that he did, the three constitutions. I, I brought this up in my, in my work. So it was really very fun to just really delve in and just study this work again, because it's been probably about 20 years since I read this book. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was pretty over my head at the time. But I, I, I forged through, read the book, and later, after I understood homeopathy more, I came back and reread the book, and that's when I really found it fascinating. He was also an advocate of high potencies. I know there's a lot of discussion about potencies in the world, and everybody knows I like the lower potencies, and I do because I work with a lot of acute cases. And when I say acute cases, you know, a sore throat, a 30X potency, or whatever, 
use the higher potencies to root out more of the hereditary disposition and things like that. But it's really interesting that he lived in the 1800s and he was already at that time an advocate of the higher potencies. A textbook of homeopathy, he wrote, Von Gravogel wrote a textbook of homeopathy. This textbook, there's parts one and two. He was an, the, the author as well as G.O.E. Shipman for the American Foundation of Homeopathy and the National Center for Homeopathy. He wrote a paper on the homeopathic law of similarity, and he submitted cases and articles to various homeopathic publications and conducted provings of many remedies, including lapis albus. Lapis albus is actually white stone. Some of the clinicals for this remedy is uterine cancer, intense burning pains through the part with profuse hemorrhage, goiter, disordered glands, the glandular system of the body, he, that was one of his most famous remedies that he worked on. And in his and in his many writings, he worked to prove homeopathy by science. I think that's what I find most fascinating, because if you stop and think about it, from the year 1811 to 1888, he knew homeopathy work. He was a physician, and he found that homeopathy worked, and it worked so well. And he actually, he, you know, he spent his life using science to prove why homeopathy worked. So when we look at it like that, he, like I said, he wrote a lot of papers, he proved many remedies, but he didn't write down his, in like booklet form so much what he was actually doing in the sense that we owe this, like the constitutional work to John H. Clark for his work to preserve. He preserved so much of Dr. Von Gravogel especially in the Constitution, Constitutional Medicine, the three constitutions of Dr. Von Gravogel by John H. Clark. And from this writing, we learn that Dr. Von Gravogel knew, like I said, how important science was and how important the science of homeopathy was. So he wrote, since homeopathy is nothing but a system of therapeutics resting on the foundations of all natural sciences, chemistry, physics, physiology, etc. A confirmation of the organon and the proof of its conformity with natural science may be required often and at various times. And if the practice of life has a word to say, then it is the duty of every practical physician to make public the knowledge and experience which he has acquired. No matter whether at the present moment these should be regarded favorably or unfavorably, for frequently, their real value is finally settled by the future only. So he knew that questions would come up and people would, they want science to prove why something works. How many times have people, you, you have someone who's an agnostic or, and they'll say, prove to me that God exists. You know, my only answer is prove to me he doesn't, right? <laughs> but because of his scientific mind, his bright scientific mind, he knew that he could show how homeopathy worked with science. A textbook, however, he writes, must present examples. Its principles must be demonstrated and set forth by cases and comparisons taken from life. Then everyone can accurately apply what he has learned to his patient and at the same time confirm it by the test of success. 
John H. Clark writes, those who wish to follow the brilliant logic of Gervogel's treatise must be referred to the textbook itself. That is a book, the book that von Gervogel wrote. He says, one of my many aims will be to disintertwine the practical conclusions from the instruments of logic and let the facts speak for themselves. All I have to say here is that readers can trust implicitly to Gervogel's honesty as well as his logic. I will only add this pregnant passage from part two of his textbook, <laughs> page 104. Gravogel had been citing instances where the teaching of the physiological school, commonly called allopathy, were both useful and necessary. Thus, this is what I find really, really interesting. He says, thus, then we must sometimes offer the diseased human organism palliative aid according to the casual law. But as a rule, of course, medical help according to the law of reciprocal action, in other words, homeopathy. If homeopathy should seek to treat all cases, and every case simply and solely according to the law of similarity, it would fall into the same error as allopathy. Hence, these sciences are no contrasts in the sense of opposition, but rather complements of each other. Wow, that's kind of a big statement. <laughs> he says that, well, we'll go on here because it's, it's really, really interesting because he, he knew it was really, really important that he, that because of his medical background and his love of homeopathy, he knew it was really, really important to use, to be able to use both. And that not always were we just going to be able to use homeopathy, but that we would have to have the use of allopathy. He writes, this is an extremely important observation, and it is purely from the want of recognition of this truth that there was ever any opposition to Hahnemann and his teaching. Homeopathy was simply in addition to the knowledge of medical truth and should have been accepted at that if it was incidentally the means of exploding many cherished medical opinions not founded on facts then the opinions ought to have been allowed to pass into the lim into limbo into which all such will eventually have to go. Instead of this, we know that what happened and what is happening now. So what he's saying is the world of allopathy should have accepted homeopathy. And if they couldn't wrap their little minds around it with science, then it should have just been set aside in the, into limbo accepted as truth until it could be proven instead of being split and knocking it down. And he's so right, you know. Against this devotion were the mere opinions. Gravogel raised his voice. He also has some pertinent remarks as to what is the simile. He says, the substance of the law of similarity consists in this, that it indicates a correspondence in form which must be present for the purpose of a cure between the form of the reaction against some morbid matter and the form of reaction against some drug manifested in approving. The law of similarities refers only to the indication and the effect which follows is naturally not as similar, but it's direct contrary. Thus the strife of the contrarium. With the simile is a strife about nothing, a strife about mere ideas of relation. The investigation of facts with a criticism based on natural laws has in all these controversies been consistently neglected. So he 
because since the time of Hippocrates, remember, like cures like. And we understand this. And all medicine has understood this for 5,000 years. But he says, because of the, the, simulem, the simile, that there's a lot of controversy. It has, since by homeopathy in the past 150 years, it has been, I think, more simply explained. And like Dr. Von Gravogel, he said that a lot of people got hung up on that because, like he says, the form of the reaction against some morbid matter, in other words, some physical tissue, and the form of reaction against some drug manifested improving. He says the law of similars refers only to the indication and the effect which follows is naturally not a similar, but it's direct contrary. So he really helped to clarify that similarity of what happened when a remedy was given and what happened within the morbid body. So like I said, his science was so, so important and he had to be able to explain things scientifically. Gravolgo was a true homeopath as Gravolgo was as true a homeopath as ever lived, but he never mistook homeopathy for being something which it is not or ever worshiped the dogma as a kind of theological fetish. <laughs> he was a truth seeker always and was able to find it everywhere, even in his own errors. He says, errors are or contain often the germ of truth where the mind without a teacher is obliged to teach himself. Lest any should think there was any weakness in his apprehension of homeopathic truth, I will quote a passage from part one, page 390. This is John H. Clark now, right? He says, the doctrine of high potencies is the most glorious acquisition of homeopathy. It developed its greatness and might in an intellect which has lit up the path of natural science for more than a half a century, without, however, having been comprehended. And what are the discoveries of the spectrum analysis compared to the discovery of Hahnemann's high potencies? And it's where he leaves us there with this little chat. But I, like I said, I just, I, I love that he was so focused on proving scientifically that homeopathy worked and why it worked. In his work on the three constitutions, we see his scientific work that takes us even deeper into the question, why does homeopathy work for one person and not for another one? So how is it that I can take a homeopathic remedy and have it work amazingly well for me, and the next person takes the same exact remedy for the same exact symptoms and it doesn't work for them? And why is that? Well, Von Gravolga wanted to understand that as well. And so he set about to go ahead and prove why it works for one and not the other. He knew that homeopathy worked. And like I said, being a man of science was always seeking the proof, so to speak. So his work with the constitutions takes us to the constitutional of an individual person and the content of their blood. So like I said, I've touched on this subject in my speech at the Joint American Homeopathic Conference this year. And like I said, I find this a fascinating subject. I have also done a mini training on the same subject and you can find that in our members corner. It was Von Gervogel's teaching from these three constitution booklet that John H. Clark wrote that led to the addition of natrum sulfuricum to James Compton Burnett's vaccine cleanup. You know, I've always talk about, um, I talk about James Compton Burnett a lot in the works that he did. He actually wrote a lot of little articles, like I said, 
And one of my very, very favorites was vaccinosis and its cure by Thuya. And that was when they started giving the smallpox vaccine. And he knew that we were setting ourselves up for a whole new disease, something that we had never seen before. And so I just think it's really relevant right now <laughs> with all that's going on in the world, how if you read his book, The Vaccinosis and It's Cure by Thuya, you would understand that. But it was the work of Von Gravogel, like I said, that added the nat self to the Thuya in order to help rid, help the body rid itself of the harmful effects of vaccinations because this nat self works to open the liver detox pathways and to help the body kick out whatever's there that it wants to get rid of. So like I said, I talk about this in several podcasts and I have very much appreciated Von Gravogel's work simply due to the science behind what he taught. The world of homeopathy today is what it is in great part due to the work of Dr. Von Gravogel and other wonderful research doctors like him. Like I said, I have very much enjoyed all of the readings from Dr. Von Gravogel. Like I said, John H. Clark is normally very easy to understand, but when he writes and refers to the work of Dr. Von Gravogel, it's more difficult to understand. I will admit that. <laughs> like I said, the first time I read his little booklet on the constitutional medicine, the three constitutions of Dr. Von Gravogel, it literally just went boom right over my head. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? I found, you know, there was bits and pieces of it that I understood. And I found what I did understand extremely interesting. But like I said, I'm not a physicist and I'm not a scientist. And so it was, it was kind of hard to understand. And even today, when I read his writings, I was like, how intelligent mankind used to be, you know, really. I mean, even today, there are doctors from around the world that I, I just love to sit and listen to because they are so knowledgeable. And like I said, they're very educated. They know what they're doing. And they are happy to share with us what they know. It's just how much can we all understand, right? <laughs> But I will tell you folks that, like I said, this every time we talk about a doctor in homeopathy, every time we talk about some facet of homeopathy, it all matters. It's kind of like everything we do, everything we see, everything we eat, or every joy or sorrow or everything we experience matters in our own particular life. Every doctor that has worked to prove homeopathy, to give us more knowledge in the world of homeopathy, to prove remedies in the world of homeopathy. Every single one of these doctors, whether they are long gone or whether they live in our world today and they're striving to keep classical homeopathy alive and to keep it foremost in the minds of natural-minded people, this all matters. And this is very important. And it's especially important that we all continue to confer with each other, talk. It, it helps because we all share ideas and it doesn't take too long when you have enough people. It doesn't take too long for, you know, like a, someone has an idea. It, it'll get stamped out really quickly just because of the science in homeopathy. And we know that science can prove homeopathy and how it works. And so I actually had someone ask me today, speaking of this wonderful doctor, someone asked me, I was at, they were at the store today and they asked me about, um, methods that are not scientific, okay? And I said, you know what? Always go with the science. When you're dealing with homeopathy, don't listen to someone who has a wild idea out in left field. Stick with the science because doctors like Von Gervogel have worked 
a lifetime to prove that homeopathy works, how it works. And like I said, it's, it's real science, folks. And I just wanted to share this with you. I know Joy said, Sue, why don't you tell people about Dr. Von Gervogel because you're going to be talking about his constitutionals, the three constitutions. So go ahead and tell people about him. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so if you have any more, if you're interested in some of his work here, like I said, I was very interested and I find it fascinating. Um, I have a mini training in the members corner now that you can, you know, sign up to be a member and check out this mini training as well as many, many others. All right. Thank you, everyone. And may God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.